0: Welcome to Rebel Rose Radio, a multidimensional sanctuary where we explore the depths of ancient feminine arts and wisdom, womb-based business, leadership, creation, and intentional living. I'm your host, Gina Francis, feminine embodiment guide, womb-based business mentor, facilitator, and herbalist, and I am truly so excited that you are here. Rebel Rose Radio is the podcast where we unearth ancient feminine ways of living, leading and creating to be integrated into your life as a modern day woman and womb holder. These conversations will serve as bridges between esoteric teachings, principles and frameworks and the practicalities that are necessary to fulfill your life's work on this earth. I invite you to enter the sanctuary where there are the most luscious and inviting havens for you to explore. Each episode will offer you a different flavor and texture of the Rebel Rose, leaving you feeling more at home within your own body than ever before and wide-eyed at the beauty of living in this divine feminine vessel. We will traipse through the temple doors as feminine codes within you are activated, sit in ceremony as we heal and pray together, play in the apothecary as our plant allies walk us home, commune in the office space to birth our greatest visions to life, and expand our minds in the library of intellect and wisdom. My love, I am truly so happy that you are here. Take a deep inhale, a cleansing exhale. Choose to be fully here, present, as you receive this episode's medicine. All right, babe let's dive right in In honor of International Women's Day happening on March 8th, Rebel Rose Radio will be releasing to you episodes every Friday for the month of March where I Gina will be interviewing some of the leading experts, mentors, facilitators, leaders, visionaries in the fields of business prosperity, creativity, leadership, feminine wisdom, and intentional living. Every Friday, my love, on Venus Day, naturally, a new episode will be released for you to immerse yourself into and integrate into your life. Today's episode kicks off the International Women's Day series as we enter the temple in true feminine fashion with our first brilliant guest, womb witch, and feminine empowerment guide. Melissa Sanger. Enjoy the episode, my loves. It's such a rich one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Rebel Rose Radio. I am truly so grateful that you are here today. Today, we have an incredible, beautiful guest, Melissa Sanger, and she is here to speak about the Venusian wisdom and Venus codes, Venus principles, and really just have a full embodied conversation around the feminine. Femininehood around the feminine womanhood and womanhood. And I really trust and know that um, this conversation is going to serve and reach the hearts and wombs of everyone who it's meant to. We both just dropped in together really beautifully with some intentions and prayers. And I was saying to Melissa a few minutes ago that I just feel this is such a raw and intimate and beautiful sister chat. Like we've been waiting to have this chat and waiting to connect in this way for so long. And um, we finally brought together through this podcast. So thank you for being here. And if it's your first time listening, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is going to be, yeah, such a lush and such a beautiful, soft conversation. So get ready to settle in and I'm going to actually allow Melissa to introduce herself. Um, because I know that she can do it better than me. (laughs) <laughs> so without further ado my love I would love for you Melissa to say hi to the community, to the audience to introduce yourself, who you be, who you are and really I'd love for you to share as well what you stand for in this world, what your stand for
1: mm. Thank you so much um what I stand for is such a beautiful question. So I'm so grateful to be here on Rebel Rose Radio to talk about the things I'm most passionate about. <laughs> um, and who am I? I am Melissa Sanger and I'm a womb witch. I go by the title womb witch. I, when you break down the wisdom of the witch and the etymology of the witch it's similar to the word magician and a lot of my work is womb healing so hence the title womb magician womb witch um i'm also a feminine empowerment guide mentor um and my work i'm super passionate about womb healing and awakening that's really the core of my of my what moves me what brings me to my laptop to my instagram to my sessions every day um so part of it is womb healing and awakening and part of that journey for me and my passion is the ancestral aspect of womb healing and awakening and then part of my another layer of my passion is sexual empowerment and sexual healing and um helping people to remember and return to a sense of sexual wholeness Um, and that work started with women but now it's also slowly segueing into working with men as well and my third probably not the least passion is working with the menstrual cycle like Eugenia um, working with the kind of more ancient cyclical wisdom of the menstrual cycle and Resculpting life to be connected to the menstrual cycle like I know you do with your business and the way you eat the way you show up in the world and really having like a cyclical life um, so those are really my main passions and Venus but for me Venus actually ties in everything it ties in the love the sex the magic the pleasure the food the whatever else all the other things we're going to talk about in this podcast it was really a way it was like a light bulb moment for me i'm a taurus and taurus is connected to venus my venus is in taurus as well i have a lot of taurus in my chart and when i had my first astrology reading um the who's a friend of mine my my friend and astrologer charlotte better she said to me, that the main energy in my chart was Venus. Mm. And it held the most energy connected to my sun in Taurus and my Venus in Taurus. And she told me that I was here to be an example of Venus on this earth. And at the time, I was really like, what? I really didn't quite understand. It hadn't landed yet. But then as the pieces unfolded, I realized that this ancient symbol of the feminine that's as old as the solar system is really the root of all the lineages that I was looking at and that's what resonated with me and so really the path of Venus encapsulates encompasses everything that I'm passionate about and yeah so there's that piece and then what I stand for Mm, What I stand for is really also one of the kind of uh, philosophies you could say or mm, yeah I can't think of another word than philosophies but of the path of Venus to me is also this act of making love to life Mm. Um, and when I first heard that, it was actually through um, Shaman Derek, I don't know if you know that guy, yeah. um, I used to listen to his podcast, and he had this amazing episode about, like, making love to life, and he's so passionate, and at the time, I was making love to life a little bit, like, maybe 25%, <laughs> but it was just, like, it just, it was profound for me to hear that, that notion, and then and then really putting it into practice what is it like to breathe with life to every act of every moment of my life to be like a ritual to speak words that are poetic that are meaningful um, to have food as ritual to feel the sun on your skin as like a, a gift of warmth and radiance and energy how to breathe in nature and be at the top of a mountain or even be at the bottom of a mountain and breathe in life and breathe out life. And so I don't know why this is coming out now, but maybe that's really what I stand for is that aliveness, that vivaciousness, that Mm. connection to life, which to be honest, I'm not always living, but I try my best in moments. I struggle to be in in that energy But that's really what I'm aiming for in in most of my moments, to really reconnect to aliveness, because, because for me, I spent like 10 to maybe 13, 14 years of my life in a deep depression, and I didn't know what that felt like, that aliveness. And so that aliveness and that reconnection to making love to life is really what keeps me going and what alchemizes and transforms days when I do feel a bit down or depressed again. And so that's kind of my North star, yeah. Um, And then one more maybe is something that's really come into my life recently is the notion of truth. Something I really stand for is truth and I actually had a tattoo on myself to mark my commitment to truth um because I used to lie a lot being honest and I had grew up with parents that were compulsive liars and a family of compulsive liars so it was so confusing for me to be grown in that energy and not really be able to decipher what actually is the truth so Two and a half years ago now, I lost someone I loved because I lied. And that moment sent me on a long journey to realize that what was my family's and my parents' and what I wanted to stand for, and that was truth. So I made a commitment that I didn't want to be in a relationship unless it was completely committed to truth or a friendship or anything really. And so that's another really, really important piece of where I'm journeying right
0: now Mm. so beautiful babe like such I smiling having goosebumps like everything you share just feels it feels like truth like it feels like truth coming off your tongue and I feel like you really are such an embodiment of that in the way that you live and lead and you know of course we are only really just getting to know each other, but through knowing you through social media and even just the little chats we've had and what I've learned about you through your podcast, I feel like you really are that stand for truth. And I feel like that also is part of this path of Venus is like, Mm. that really is one of the qualities of it. And Mm. I loved, you know, both of those answers. Thank you so much for sharing as well. So raw and beautifully um, what you do stand for and I love as well that you hadn't really thought of that before, what you, the first answer to what you stand for, which was, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking already? Making love to life. Making love to life. That's what it was. And yes, I've listened to Shaman Derek and I can like visualize him like talking about this as well. (laughs) And I feel like that's also part of this path of Venus and just the way of the feminine and that like making love to life and just that aliveness and juiciness. It's like the womb, it's the Yoni, it's our sexual energy, our life force energy.
1: So Mm -hmm. I just see this
0: beautiful spiral and kind of like womb nest of making love to life and having like all of your work and everything that you stand for being a part of that. And I already, I can already feel like I'm already just so, I mean, I was grateful before, but I'm just, yeah, even more grateful that you get to share this with this community listening because that's really what we're here for in Rebel Rose Radio is this, this multidimensional feminine sanctuary where it's, and I feel like you embody that so, so well as well in the way you're so multifaceted with just what you've done throughout your life and the way you've studied, the way you serve, the different modalities you use. And it just feels really, um, I guess the word like holistic, holistic and multidimensional. And I think it's going to be really refreshing for everyone listening as well. So thank -hmm. you so much. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'd love to know based on from what you just shared right there for you to share with the listeners, like what, what brought you to this path? Because I know you probably weren't always a womb witch, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like I was not always, you know, obsessed with my period and menstrual cycle and all of this. (laughs) So (laughs) definitely not. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what, what brought you here? Like what brought you to where you are right now and who you be right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: where to begin really? I know it's
0: a big question. <laughs>
1: no. um, and I love this question because I really think it paints the picture of who I am. And I know we're not just our stories, but, of course, I definitely feel very identified with my story <laughs> and mm-hmm. how I got to this point because it was such a, like intense, hard deep challenging resilience building journey and um the beauty of it is that I didn't really know what I was doing like I was just following each breadcrumb until I got to this point I had no idea that this like not even really any inkling that this was going to be my work or my passion and later in life and like a lot of people my journey started with my own self-healing and um I there's two kind of facets to the story one is like the beginning when I was about 13 14 I lost my period for one year and then I lost it again for three years I think I was about 18 or something about 18 um and one part of that was, uh, not, I can never really know the truth, but really I think that this happened m- a multitude of things. But one of them is that I had some deep, unresolved, uneven spoken about sexual trauma. And um, I think my womb and my body just went into freeze mode, really. And after that sexual trauma, which, the yeah, it happened at 13, After that I had, uh, I went into a deep eating disorder. I had depression, anxiety Um, and for many years of my teenagehood I was dysfunctional. I didn't get out of bed for weeks. Um, Sometimes my eating disorder was so bad I wouldn't leave the house for weeks. I used to have bulimia and I was just stuck in binge purge cycles day in, day out, day in, day out. I didn't care about anything else. And um, I think from this, my body just shut down, like I wasn't receiving nutrients, I was self-destructing, like everything was just really bad. And um, there was something else I wanted to say about that. Yeah, the first time I lost my period, I didn't really, it came back in a year and it was a pretty quick journey I just put on some more weight at that time I was really anorexic so I think in that case it was just putting on more weight and then the second time I lost it about one year into the journey one year into not having it sorry I um I really didn't care because at that point specifically at that point of my life I just went through a breakup and I'd just come off the pill as well not the pill sorry the meridian coil yeah. Um, which I had for three years and my bulimia was bad. So I think it was a lot of things at once that my body just shut down and I really divorced myself from my feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And my relation, the relationship that I was in our sexual relationship was, was unhealthy. And I think my body didn't know how to process it either. And so because of that relationship, I think also just like I completely divorced myself from my feminine energy. I didn't feel really safe being a woman and I didn't like being a woman, to be honest. And yeah, one year into that journey, I was like, yeah, I'm super happy being like linear every day, just being the same. And then at some point I realized that I felt this like deep, maybe you can resonate, Gina. Like I just felt or people listening can resonate this deep yearning of something was missing, like something fundamental, something innate. And I know that not everyone has this feeling, but for me, it was so primal. And I knew I wanted to be a mother. I knew like it was, yeah, something rumbling from deep within my womb, but I didn't really have the language for that yet. And so then I went to the doctors and they didn't have very helpful information. It was like, put on weight, change your diet. um, And the other one was go on the pill or something like this. And I've always been someone who, like there's always been this like drive in me to find answers. And I've always been a traveler. My dad loves to travel. My family loves to travel. So I've been traveling around the world with my dad since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so for me, traveling by myself is easy. Like it's so easy for me to go anywhere. And I don't have any fear with that. And around this time, I was like, okay, I'm going to find the answers. And I started my spiritual journey, but the level, the first level, maybe. <laughs> and, um, I found I was living in London as an artist and I found I used to go to yoga in London, um, but it was super sporty and like very like practical and competitive. And I remember just feeling like this part inside of me that was like, I know that there's something sacred and spiritual in this um, in this practice. So I remember just typing like spiritual yoga teacher trainings on Google And then this one came up at the top that was like uh, in Ecuador and it was tantra yoga and half of the training was tantra yoga. The other half was learning about shamanism and working with local medicine women and men of Ecuador and doing plant medicine, doing Temescal, like all of these things, sweat lodges. And I had no idea what that was, but I was like that, (laughs) I need to do that. And I'd never been to South America before and I just booked it and it was all by some kind of divine grace. I don't really know exactly how I got there, but um, on that journey, I started my womb healing journey and I uh, connected with, in in all of the ceremonies and, and all of the sessions, my intention was to heal my womb and to get my moon back. And I went on that journey for two years, really. And in that training, I connected to two of the medicine women who were kind of supporting the, the training and teaching about shamanism. And, um, yeah, I I did like a, a special little womb healing ritual on the side with one of them. And I just really connected to two in particular. And I stayed in contact with them. And uh a couple of months later when I returned to London one of them invited me to a plant medicine retreat just with her a sacred feminine retreat and I went and worked even deeper on my womb healing and then shortly after that the other one said come and live with me in the mountains um and I thought I was just going to go for a week or something she lives like really deep in the Andean mountains like in the middle of bumfuck nowhere And um, I ended up being there for I think about six weeks, living with her family and really in like deep womb healing work in really subtle ways, like working with the plants and working with the spirits and prayer and music and the fire, like all the time we were in ceremony. And yeah, after that, I continued to travel for some time at least a year to continue my womb healing journey. Um, and at that point also started my sexual healing journey. And um, my final piece of that story is that, yeah, I did a lot, a lot of things. And really I see it now as like, cause at the time I was, maybe some people listening who haven't got their moon can resonate. I was so frustrated and like mourning my blood so much and yeah every healer I would see or thing I would learn they'd be like this is the thing that's gonna it's gonna come back and now I see like that journey of patience was me learning as many tools as I could so that I could share them with others but at the time I didn't really know that yet and the way that my moon eventually came back and I'm sure it's the the culmination of everything that I did over those years but I did an amazing ayahuasca ceremony one-to-one, like just me and the, the medicine woman and her partner was playing music. And we did a lot of deep womb healing, like hands on my womb and clearing. And the next morning I woke up and I had black in my knickers, like black discharge. And I was like, oh my God, it's coming. I was so happy and excited. It was a full moon in December. I forget the year. And then one month later, I flew to Mexico. And one full moon exactly later, I already got the return of my blood. And I think the the black was like a, a clearing of old, dark energy. And also my lining had been building up for three years. So... Yeah. And then when I first got my blood back, it was just such a big initiatory moment for me where I was like, okay, I want to devote my life to this. It was just a knowing where I felt like, okay, the menstrual cycle, the womb, sexuality, this is my life path. And I never looked back, really.
0: And here we are. Oh, (laughs) gosh. (laughs) Wow. Truly. I'm just like absorbing your story. Like, it's so beautiful to hear you share it. And I feel like I really was just taken on a journey with you as you, as you just took us on that journey. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. And a lot of the listeners may know, and some may not know, because I know there'll be a lot of new people listening to this is like very much. What brought me to this work that I do now is a very similar journey to what you shared. And I feel like that is another thing that connects us and even other women and womb holders who have experienced similar, because at the time when I, I was going through something similar where I'd lost my period, Doctors had no direction to give me. They were like, Well, your blood work says you're perfectly healthy and nothing's wrong. And mm. here's birth control to fix it. And, and just all of it. When I just was like, No, I'm done. I'm, I'm taking this journey in my own hands and, and going on a healing journey. And at the time, and you may relate to this, Melissa, I felt so alone. Like I didn't know anyone else at the time. Who was going through anything similar? Majority of my friends were all on hormonal birth control, not really getting real periods and all of that. And I at first, when I had lost my period, I was like, woo, I don't have to deal with it. Like, I don't have a bleed. And I was in that (laughs) masculine way of living, similar to you. Yoga at the time was a workout. It was a means to an end. It was a way to burn calories and sweat and. At the same time, like you had shared, I always knew there was something much deeper to it and mm. there was much more depth and spirituality to it. And then it was only when I began actually opening, openly speaking about my eating disorders and my journey when I was living in Bali, that, which was a really big deal to be speaking about it publicly because it was something that I was held a lot of shame around a lot of embarrassment around, even though it was quite obvious that I was incredibly thin and there was things going on. Um, it was when I started speaking to other women about it that I realized, Whoa, it's, it's not just me and I'm not alone. And I had met friends. I had started going to women's circles and met a sister who didn't have her period for, think it was like six years and she had this huge journey and I was like wow and just continued to come up in life and when I brought mine back as well which is another story for you know other podcasts and I've spoken about before on the first podcast actually um it was this feeling of this like this is what I'm here to do in this world it was like Mm -hmm. the blood brought our power the blood brought this inner knowing with it and it's just also such a testament to the power and the wisdom and the gifts that live within our blood and that live within our menstrual cycle. And Mm. I'm really interested to know, I think it's so beautiful that you got to like live with, live and receive indigenous wisdom and be in ceremony in those ways and live in those ways and work with those healers. And I'd love to know, I'd love to know myself and also for you to share with the community. Is there anything Um, around like these kind of ancient blood mysteries and blood wisdom that you can share with us, like anything that you learned from your journey and your journey meeting with these elders and learning from these elders around Mm. the the potency and the medicine of our blood. Yeah. I'm sure Um. there's a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's such simple things really like i'll give you an example of the way that uh, her name is veronica and the woman that i lived with and her family her children for six weeks and i just went back to visit them last week um and it's the simplicity of really believing in the power of spirit Mm. and her ethos is that we don't need all of the spiritual gadgets really and this is just one perspective no like sometimes it's really cool to have all the gadgets but that we can just use our hands and our breath and the fire and the plants and sometimes not even the plants but our intention a feather um and yeah I think this part this very the simplicity of healing has been kind of lost um and for example one day we made an altar to my womb an external altar and we put all these different things on it all these different symbols um sacred plants ayahuasca ancient um there's an ancient civilization called valdivia uh civilization which look actually very similar to venusian um Uh, sculptures I don't know what you call that but like uh figurines um things like this and it was basically an altar of my womb and I and then we made a fire and I had to sit with that fire I needed to sit with that fire all day praying to take care of the fire to take care of my altar to play the instruments to sing to pray to offer Um, And it was windy that day. So it was like, I really needed to take care of this fire. And the fire represented my life force, my sexual energy, my, yeah, my spark that really was missing. And I see that now. And then on that day, I was just working with the plants and there's a sacred tree. It exists in other countries in Latin America, but in Ecuador is the Datura tree, Datura and it has this like trumpet-looking flower, which is actually psychedelic. And it's also a tonic for fertility. And she told me to go to this tree and tell this tree absolutely everything. My story, my sexual trauma, my family, like everything, just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then tell the, the tree about my missing period. And then take the leaves, are like beautiful, big, kind of thick spongy leaves, and she told me to take a leaf and put it in my knickers like a sanitary pad or a period pad, and to ask the tree to like draw out the the stagnancy or whatever was going on. And then I did that, and I slept for one night, and then the next day I went back and I put I buried the leaf under the on, near the roots of the tree, and I asked again, and I told more stories, and I took another leaf. And they continued with this process um, and all of these little ways of being in reciprocal union really with nature and, and the elements and the plants is really the biggest thing that I, that I understood from, from this experience was, and I, and I think that that has kind of been forgotten. and. For me, really, the path of the priestess or the action of the priestess to be in service is that prayer, is to make offerings, whichever land you go to, as you leave, as you arrive, like always to be in this sense of offering and, and connection to earth, the plants, the elements. It's so simple, really. And that's what comes through to, to share.
0: So, so beautiful, babe. like oh, it's medicine to me. And I know, I just know it's going to be such medicine to those listening. And it's mm. so interesting that you share about the Datura, which is also known as devil's trumpet as well. Uh-huh. Um, and there was, yeah, there was a, a couple, probably three of them behind one of the places that I was just staying in Hawaii. And I remember arriving there and, I, we were actually actually very not happy with where we had landed and the situation wasn't where we thought we were. It was just very, didn't meet kind of the expectations that they had presented online when we arrived there. And so I was I was pretty grumpy and pretty like in my temper tantrum mode for a moment. And then I walked out to the back balcony and I was like, oh my God, babe. And I grabbed my partner and I was like, Look what's out there. And it was just like tons of the datura, the flowers just hanging like all around the back. And mm. it, the plants come up for me multiple times, but it's not one that I've ever like intimately connected with in the way yeah. that I've maybe connected with rose or mugwort, for example. And so in that moment, you know, when I saw them, I was like, I feel like even if maybe I don't want to be here right now, there's, Something here for us, and there's something Mm -hmm. here for me, and started doing more. I didn't actually know it was psychedelic until I started doing more. Yeah, more reading, and I listened to some information on it, and was reading some poetry about the plant, and I was like, wow. And I just went, and I would because it was right behind a fence actually, so I couldn't like it, but there was a fence between kind of the yard we were in but it would hang above like came over the fence and I would just go out there even like it was raining every day and I would just look up like into the flower and you could see I mean for anyone listening please go go look up this plant so you can see an image of it um so that's so so interesting and so beautiful what you just shared about it
1: Mm. wow yeah it's hypnotic the plant yeah and um be mindful if you smell too deeply into the flower it can make you feel a bit high (laughs) oh my god and and yeah and the plant when brewed in the correct way can induce a psychedelic state of up to 24 hours very very strong
0: um
1: But when I went back to this uh, recently, so four years later, I went back to visit this beautiful family who are like my family, really. And um, I went to that tree and I I was bleeding and I offered my blood. And it was such an emotional moment. And I was like, it felt like an old best friend that I was returning to. And I was like, thank you so much. Just to have that connection. And really one of the aspects of Venus is or the path of Venus is that remembrance of natural healing of, of how subtle and powerful the plants are and how deeply they can heal and how, um, how to connect with the spirit of the plant can, can move mountains. Um, And really that path of Venus for me is that remember the remembrance of connecting to, the natural healing modalities that we're all doing mm-hmm. but some of them are like super new age and like which are great too but for me it's more about like the really kind mm-hmm. of simple ancient things that are already here for us presented to us in day-to-day life
0: mm. yeah I I'm so on the same page as you I love that mm-hmm. and I know you're also folk herbalist right yeah yeah yes yeah. yeah. so I relate to that in so many ways and myself being an herbalist, a folk herbalist as well. And I think there's so much can be overcomplicated, especially yeah. in the realm of healing and learning. And I know, you know, the, both of us are like forever students, always <laughs> learning and always <laughs> wanting to, to know more and go deeper and explore more. And I think, especially in kind of, healing and personal development spaces, it's very easy, which I know I've been so there getting in like kind of an endless trap of like healing and coming from a place of something's wrong with me. So I need to fix it Yeah, as opposed to, yeah, this path of, you know, the wise woman way, which is, I feel really this Venusian way is like healing through nourishment, healing through wholeness where we're already Mm -hmm. whole and everything that we're searching for, we can activate within ourselves, everything that, you know, when we are unwell or we are on the path of healing, it's not necessarily about stripping away everything always and clearing always and cleansing always kind of to our detriment, but more of this like wholesome nourishing, nourishing of our wholeness. And
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm. yeah
0: feels really yeah. like, feels like a hug, you know? And mm-hmm. I think well, what I would, I would actually love, cause I know we've touched on this a lot and this is really going to be like a bit of the title of this episode is we've spoke a lot about Venus and this Venusian wisdom. And before we started recording, Melissa dropped us in with a really beautiful bit of a prayer and connection to the medicine of Venus, the planet. And I'd love for you to actually share for those of you listening who are like what the hell are you talking about? Like, are you talking about the planet Venus? What does this mean? Maybe I've never heard this word Venusian or mm. understood it in this way. I would love for you, can you kind of introduce introduce us to Venus as such an embodiment <laughs> of her in this world? Introduce yes. us to Venus. Mm, I would love to. Um,
1: Venus. Venus for me is like the mother of all lineages and is really the root for me of so many lineages that ancient mysteries that are now re unearthing or coming out into the conscious like the path of the rose the path of mary magdalene the path of isis um and this idea of these ancient feminine lineages um For me, Venus is the origin because it's that planet. And some things that people don't really know about Venus is really more like the planetary aspects of Venus as an archetype. Because for me, I see the planets in astrology and astronomy as archetypal wisdom. And some of the most ancient archetypal wisdom since the beginning of time, you could say. Right, so it's like this vibration, vibrational archetype that exists, and something that people don't really know is that about Venus, it's a sister planet of Earth. I don't know if you've ever seen the symbol, but it's like the upside down symbol of of each other. Um, they have the same symbol but reverse, and Venus is actually used to be a water planet, a long, long time ago, and I don't know the ages and the times but a long 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 time ago and at some point and i don't know if we can really define it it was hit by an asteroid and it flipped upside down and so venus is the only planet in the entire solar system that's uh what do you call that is spinning on an opposite axis it's going in an opposite direction to the rest of the planets except uranus which is sideways it's like uh horizontal horizontal this is horizontal yeah
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uranus is horizontal for some reason it's like it's the planet of shaking up things and doing its own thing so that's the only other planet that's got its own personality in that way but venus is going in the opposite direction as the rest of the planets and venus is completely covered in volcanoes it's a fire planet And people don't know that so well.
0: Yeah. I did not know
1: that. Yeah. So for me, this is like, and it's also covered by a very thick atmosphere, which is actually um, very carbon dioxinous. So it looks like if you look at an image or a video of Venus, it has almost this veil that is, is holding the mystery that's covering the face of Venus And the way that it moves is like, yeah, it's like this kind of draping veil over the body of Venus, over the planet. So that's why it looks pearly. It looks like a pearly color because of that carbon-dioxinous atmosphere. super thick. And because of that carbon-dioxinous atmosphere, it's like every time the water evaporates, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Now it's a, a volcano of full of volcanoes i think it has up to one million volcanoes but it's something like it's not like the volcanoes that we know that are the ones that are eruptive and have stages or kind of phases the lava on venus is kind of ever flowing it's like rivers of lava so it has more of that molten energy to it and there, there there is some kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Force to some of the volcanoes. One of them's named after Matt, Matt Mons, which is the um, Egyptian goddess um, of fairness. And with the with the feather and the scales, that I think that's the biggest one. Um but most of them, there are like a lot of small volcanoes as well. And it's this energy for me that's the creation and the destruction of the feminine. And when I learned about this, it gave me such a deeper permission because I'm sure you can resonate, Gina. Part of the mastery of being a cyclical being is the mastery of the luteal phase and that sacred rage medicine woman woman fire creation destruction energy that is sometimes so powerful and when i understood really as as my great master venus it has this energy of of destruction and the movement of energy in that way it gave me such a deep permission in my experience of being a premenstrual woman of how to really be the The container of the lava to let the creation and destruction move through me in a way that I can be the the container of that movement and what else do I want to say about Venus so yeah has this has this creative fiery energy um it's moving in its own direction um and so previously it was this water element, which means that there's a shift in consciousness of how this planet wants to communicate. And yeah, I mean, the ancient astrologers, astronomers revered the stars and the planets as our ancestors, as our guides. And pretty much a lot of things were based on this, the, the movement of the, of the cosmos The lunar cycles, the solar cycles, the planetary cycles, and um, the planets were loved so much that each of the days of the week were named after the planets, which I know you love as well, Gina. And then also many, um, I guess you can say ancient and modern goddesses, gods were named after kind of refinements or distillations of planets as archetypes as well. And so the classic known Venus is Aphrodite Venus, the beautiful shell with the beautiful goddess in the water. And there are many depictions of Venus in iconography. And um, it's really interesting actually, because when I was actually at art school, I, I was studying to be a painter and a photographer in London, and I used to study Venus iconography. It fascinated me even then. I wrote a lot of essays and created work based on this uh, art history or history. And yeah, the Venus archetype has fascinated men and mankind and womankind since the beginnings of, of time. And I think, and the the word that really came through to me before this episode that that I felt was I needed to talk about was I think the most attractive thing about Venus is her radiance, and that radiance comes in the physical form of like the heart radiance and the sexual energy radiance and the like the voluptuous or even energetic voluptuousness of her breasts and this idea of of shining from inside out and comes back to that idea of make, making love to life for me because when we make love to life or when we're super present or we're in this energy of of following our desires and our pleasure which is a big aspect of Venus then we really are so in the moment so connected to a meditative state or even god if you like or universe and when you're in that state it's like you radiate the essence of venus you radiate that glow that's so 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 magnetic and maybe one final thing that just came through that i'd love to share about venus before I give you a pause to say something <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it I'm loving this <laughs> um, you might be wondering why I'm talking about like desires or about pleasure so for me Venus is the archetype of so many things but as traditionally on iconography wise is based on love on sexuality on sensuality some people say on values as well but it's really this archetype of uh, sexual magnificence and, and for me, radiance. And when I created, I have an online school called the Venusian Wisdom School. And when I created that, I went deep into a research wormhole about Venus, like days. <laughs> and I just, I'm really, really fascinated by the etym- etymology of, of things, of words. And. Um, and I discovered the etymol- etymological etymology root of Venus. And there's a couple of different options. There were three that I found. The root that I found is when, W-E-N. And it means to desire, to strive for, but specifically in pursuit of sexual pleasure. And the, uh, the other options were Indic, Vanas, desire, means desire. And then the final one I found was Latin, which is Veneran Veneran, venerian, venerian, sorry. And that also similar to desire, but is like more meaning to honor, to worship, to pay homage to, um, to find like the sacredness of So when I put all of this together, it really has this roots in like worship and and service and prayer, but also like sexuality and desire and the sacredness of that. And I think that speaks a lot to me because one of the things that happened in the times of um, unhealthy religion was, was the separation between sex and spirit. And so I think Venus is really speaking to the root of the sacredness of our sexuality as our life force our magnetism our joy our our essence really so I will take a little pause there <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh I could just listen to you speak about this forever wow and I'm really sure that everyone can There's Thank you for everything that you shared. I really love the way that you weave and have like such a rich fascination for, it's not like the science per se, but the, the, the study of, you know, and the etymology and actually doing research into the physical planet. It's that merging Mm -hmm. of both. What I often say in my work is like the science and the sacred and Mm -hmm. the esoteric and the practical. And similar to what you were just sharing with like sex and spirit being so separated for so long. Oftentimes it's like that logic and intuition or, you know, science and sacred can also be very separated, but in reality, we, we, we can weave both and we can do both. We can have both. We can have an understanding and comprehension of both because that contributes to this wholeness of this wisdom of this knowledge. It's not, it's not an either or and I've, I mean, I just learned so much. I didn't know that Venus, like I knew it was fiery, but I didn't know that about the volcanoes. And again, like I've just been in Hawaii and it's, I'm having my own process of like pieces, piecing together in my mind as you're sharing this. So it's really, really beautiful. And I actually, before, um, before coming on this podcast, I, I was looking at your website over the past few days. And I found this quote that I just felt I, for some reason, copy pasted it into our little notes for today's episode. And the word that you shared before of radiance, like that word coming through is that radiance. And I really resonate with that. And it's, it's, it's just such a beautiful word. Like it resounds in such a beautiful way. And the Mm -hmm. quote that I um, copy and pasted from your website is from the Radiant Sutras, and it's Mm. (laughs) right and it's by Lauren Roche Mm -hmm. um and I'll read it right now for everyone and I I was just like for some reason I don't know if we're going to speak to this or I just need to read this and now that you brought that word radiance it completely makes sense and the quote was when sipping some ambrosia raise your glass close your eyes toast to the universe the sun and moon and earth." Dance together to bring you this delight. Receive the nectar on your tongue as a kiss of the divine. Mm. Like that just feels like making love to life.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. I really recommend it. It's a book of poetry, radiant, radiant sutras. Yeah. Um, it's so, so beautiful. And yeah, it's it's a homecoming to, to the pleasures of life because I think our senses are really a gift. And I think there is a very fine line between, for example, how do I want to word this? Like hedonism and Venusian enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, is like the hedonism, which is fine also, but is like, OK, let's order a bottle of champagne and I'm going to drink it. And I'm going to get drunk and it's fun and it's great. But then for me, the Venusian aspect is like, how do you receive it as a ritual? Like he said, sipping some ambrosia, which is mm. like a form of elixir, toasting to the universe. It's like every moment is feeling all the magical things that had to come together to make this. And then every sip is like, mm, feeling that in the body and feeling the pleasure of it and the slowness and the appreciation. And I think that is the difference between the two. And I think people get lost. It's like, Oh, there's a lot of parts that talk about, for example, uh, Yeah there's some different parts of Tantra and some parts of Tantra that are more disciplined and some that are more uh, sensory based and experience based. And some people could look at that as like, Oh, but they're just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just indulging all the time and losing themselves in their senses, but there's actually an art to it. And I really rediscovered and that book I, I uh, discovered in my Tao, Taoism and Tantric arts training that I did with Shashi Saluna and Minky DeVos. And we did a lot of Tantric rituals of reconnecting to the senses as a meditation, as a portal to God, as a portal to oneness and in a ritual space. And that really changed so much for me to see my senses as a gift and actually as a way to reconnect to my body, to the moment, to the present, and to the pre- pleasure of life as a gift because there's no way that that life ga- didn't g- there's no way that life gave us pleasure
0: for nothing.-hmm. Hmm. Oh snaps to that i completely completely agree and you know from what what i know of tantra and my experience is it that's really that making love to life yeah. is that presence that awakening to senses and i feel like in our world when well, i don't feel i know in our world we're so fast paced and slowing down is slowing down is an art, like everything that you just shared that just like Mm -hmm. in this poem, the sipping the ambrosia, the, the raising your glass slowly, like the closing your eyes, igniting the senses. And, you know, I've done part of my healing journey was a lot of um, like sensual eating and mindful eating, which was honestly, actually when I first discovered mindful eating was with the workshop with one of my friends um, her name's Shay Eloise. And this was years ago, years ago in Bali. And honestly, after that workshop, my eating disorders, like I, it was kind of like I didn't turn back. And it was, it was crazy. I quit alcohol. I quit coffee. I stopped binge eating after that. And it was yeah. through the way, awakening of my senses that I came back to this like you said, it's not, it's not, it's like a healthy indulgent. It's an, it's an art. It really is an art. It's not, it's not like, okay, let me just fully enjoy everything for the rest of my life and not have any sense of discipline or control. But it's a, to me, the word presence comes through. It's, it's bringing presence to, and that's really where I feel like pleasure exists is through Mm -hmm. presence. Absolutely. Right. Presence is the portal to pleasure Mm -hmm. And we can find pleasure and enjoyment in a lot of things that are usually deemed not pleasurable or not enjoyable. But when it is when we become fully present and Mm -hmm. open ourselves to life, saying yes to this experience, yes to this moment. And it's not only like what I love about this Venusian wisdom and everything you've shared as well is it's. It's not just sexually. It's not only related to sex and sexuality, though that's a huge aspect of it. Mm. But it's like enjoyment of food, pleasure in just gently, you know, running your fingers down your arms, the pleasure of looking out at a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful view that you enjoy, the pleasure of inhaling an essential oil that you love. You know, it's, it's this active awareness and presence to our senses that i feel like and i think this leads me to my next question but i'll give you space to share anything as well as like that's what really leads us to i think this awakening of our sensuality and like the ability to tap into this venus wisdom because my next question for you is going to be like how can listeners like how how can they honor and connect with venus and Mm -hmm. that archetype and all that she she gives us how can people honor and connect to that Mm,
1: what a beautiful question um the only thing I'd love to share on what you just said was I think what I see in myself is the autopilot is the disassociation um of like watching Netflix of um which can sometimes be healing but most of the time can be disassociation of eating your food fast and watching a video at the same time listening to a podcast and eating uh instagram like all these things watching tv there's it's so drilled into our day-to-day life of disassociation that it's hard work at the beginning to create ritual um to be present with life in 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 all of the sensory aspects so I really think that this sensual awakening you could call it is actually a way to reverse our habits of disassociation because I can really resonate when I started my eating disorder healing journey I used to watch Netflix and eat and then I made a habit to actually eat with presents at least once a day without any external distractions like to really feel the deliciousness and my food is medicine and to be present and so I think it's an incredible tool that we can use and that's really takes me on to the next question is that you ask like how can we connect to this in a day-to-day life one of the big aspects for me and I'm a huge foodie so it's super easy for me is to see food as ritual and ceremony and medicine. I love to cook, but maybe you want to eat in a restaurant. But eat something that nourishes your body that is that is serving the resources of your health and your body and appreciate the deliciousness of it and take time with each bite. Sometimes I practice like not to It's really easy for me to start loading the next fork when I'm still chewing, like put it in my mouth, put the fork and knife down, close my eyes, feel the deliciousness of the food. And to do that in whatever way feels integrative into your life. So once a day, once a week um, to connect to your food as as medicine and ritual um, nourishment in a sensory way when you next eat chocolate instead of like just eating it on autopilot like really taste the textures and move it around with your tongue and feel the deliciousness um and yeah I would take little breaks in your day perhaps to reconnect with with your senses so like you said it might I love personally to have sprays So a spray with essential oils, something that I find it so grounding to spray essential oils in like a spray bottle with some water, spray it over my face, over my heart. I just find it so grounding to do little things like that throughout the day. Um, For me, dancing is such a beautiful way for me to reconnect with my body and to bring myself into presence. Um, Like you, I work a lot on my laptop and work online so every half an hour or an hour if I'm doing that I will get up I'll put on a song um I have an amazing a couple of amazing playlists that I just will just get me into my body I close my eyes I move my hips and that just brings me back into into this vessel um what else um
0: what else wants
1: to come through? Yeah, I, I think it's generally in terms of the senses, just really taking more note of your senses in every in moments throughout your day. Um, in terms of Venusian wisdom, I invite you, this is a long journey, but I invite you to start to notice your relationship to pleasure yeah. and every single human experiences pleasure in their unique way and I think marketing and media and society has created like not a one fits all but a certain blueprints of pleasure for the masses and I invite you to really start to explore how you receive pleasure not just in a sexual context but in a life context what makes you feel pleasure, um, and experience pleasure? And yeah, if uh, if pleasure is a relationship, and if pleasure was standing opposite you right now, and it had you wanted to have a chat with it, what would it say about how you're showing up? Um, and that is a really great place to start because for me, the path of Venus is really, and what really ties a lot of this in is the sacredness of. Pleasure, um, as one of the core essences of Venus. So yeah,
0: I think I could give about two hundred more, but that will do for now. (laughs) (laughs) Again, like I said, I think I think there's gonna be a second episode for sure, maybe more. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, I think that those ones that you shared though, and you know, that's what I feel, at least personally, is. I think so much of the time the most value comes in the simplicity of like mm-hmm. here's where to start and everything that you just shared which I love is accessible to everyone at any time anywhere it doesn't require anything outside of them you know and that's that's yeah. I think you know where we can really start with so much of this is those simple questions that we ask ourselves the presence with our food the presence with just every moment, creating something I, something I personally do is when I'm on zoom calls or doing work, things on the computer is all just like gently stroke my thigh and rub my hand up and down my thigh Mm -hmm. or gently touch my arm or, Mm -hmm. you know, wear fluffy socks or put like a little carpet sometimes under my feet. So my feet are touching something soft or, Mm -hmm. you know, a candle at my desk, just these little, simple things that we can do. And I think of it as micro dosing pleasure, Mm -hmm. you know, these little micro moments and these little, just these little bits of pleasure. It really, really adds up. It really adds up. And just like, you know, with, I talk about this with tracking our cycle and starting the journey of cyclical living. We don't just have to all of a sudden change everything and start eating, exercising, living, working according to this when we learn it,
1: Mm -hmm. we get to
0: start small with these little bite-sized pieces. And that's what really creates the sustainability instead of overwhelm because you know when we discover something new and we're so fascinated, at least for me, I'm like, I just like Pandora's box opens and I want all of it. But that's Mm -hmm. been a practice for me is slowing down digesting information integrating what I'm learning what I'm experiencing and it's not always perfect I don't always do it but I'm continually bringing myself back to like okay slowing Mm -hmm. down digesting you know and yeah I just I really love everything that you shared babe really beautiful yeah
1: it's really reconnecting to the medicine of life yeah and um a really great place to start, a really accessible place to start is in nature. Like to take off your shoes and feel the earth under your feet, to feel the sun, to like marvel at the beautiful shapes of the flowers, all of these things that's so accessible. And um, one final thing I love to share about that is in my um, Taoism and Tantra training, we did this walk, which I talk about a lot called the Wonderment Walk and we had a partner, and we weren't allowed to talk, we had to hold hands with our partner, and go into nature, and like, like children be in wonder with nature, so we'd point to different things, and be like, "Ooh, ah, like, all of this, we we couldn't use words, but we could use sounds, and this connection, one of the, another aspect of Venus for me is that wonderment of life, and it's something that I forgot until I was retaught this, is to be in nature and be in wonderment or to be in life and to be in wonderment. Um, I think it's really, really healing. And it's a
0: great place to start. Mm, I love that so much. Already, I'm going to after this, I'm going to tell my partner, we're going to go on a wonderment walk tomorrow. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. The most challenging is like not talking, you can only make sounds. And yeah, then it
0: makes it like, you have to try harder to be in wonderment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what I love about that is like, it's almost as well, makes it more primal. These like, mm. you know, just using sounds instead and kind of our body language and that like turning on those senses in a different way. So mm-hmm. I feel like that will just like enhance the experience even more too. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So beautiful. Oh, my love. I could chat with you forever. And also we're going to honor time and it's 444, actually, as I say this. Mm -hmm. So I would love to wrap this up with anything else that you would love to share. If there's any message that you're receiving, if there's anything just that feels strong and true on your heart and your womb for you to share with the community around you know, the topics that we've discussed, please take space to do that now. And then I want to invite you as well to share how people can connect with you, how they can learn more from you and with you. And I know you have some really beautiful experiences and offerings that are available right now. So I want Mm -hmm. the community to have the opportunity to look into that. So yeah, any final words, and then we'd love for you to share your offerings and how they can connect with you.
1: Mm, thank you um let me see the thing that comes through is that just mm, that this really is a powerful time to reconnect to this path and i say that not because not because my offerings are based on them (laughs) but because it really speaks to all of the things that the unhealthy patriarchal the puritanical texts the conditioning it's like it touches upon those golden nuggets of the things that were extracted from us as womb keepers and as humans so so whether it's with me or with someone else or with Gina I just think this is such a powerful time to explore this reclamation and in my experience it's made me feel so much more whole as a human and Mm -hmm. it helped me really re-embody my power um and and to feel my wholeness again, because for most of my life, I didn't feel that. And so I really owe it to share that because it's really changed my life. And I think you can probably agree that reconnecting to your pleasure, your menstrual cycle and your womb are some of the greatest, most radical acts that we can do in this time, and that will serve so many generations to come and heal all the generations before. So I think it's a very noble and a very uh, special thing to be embarking on right now and brave and courageous. Mm. Um, If you feel the calling and you know, then you know, you probably made it this far in the episode because you feel it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, And then in terms of my offerings, um, I have a school called the Venusian Wisdom School. And I created this school because um, I wanted to create a resource, a portal of basically everything that I know about the menstrual cycle, about sacred feminine wisdom, about plants and herbalism, about the womb and womb healing, about Venus, about sacred sexuality, Tantra, Taoism. I wanted to put all of this into one epic portal full of the gold dust of what I've learned in my journey And so this is the second time I'm running it. It's seven months long with seven uh, modules. And we work deeply on the menstrual cycle and sexuality. We also work in the way that you do as well with um, aligning your business to your menstrual cycle. And we start April the 1st. And I believe when this episode comes out, we'll be in the launch. Um and I've actually made it a little bit different this year but last year it was just one-to-one work Um, Mm. and really I also created the offering because I wanted yeah it was the it is the only way to work with me one-to-one and I wanted to have like the fullness of all the things because you in the school you get meditations, workbooks, episodes, playlists. Like it's so multifaceted and layered and so rich.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I wanted to offer my one-to-one clients this. However, this year I've created it differently. So there's three tiers. So it's more accessible and diverse to different types of humans, women, roomkeepers. Mm-hmm. So the first um the first tier is just the portal content. Um, with the meditations the workbooks the the information of each module the podcasts. then the next level is everything from tier one but with group ceremony once a month Mm. and then the next uh, vip vip tier is working with me one-to-one with everything below the group ceremony and the portal and I'm really excited about that because it gives people different levels to enter and then it makes it more accessible. And that's really where I'm trying to move in my work. And something that you spoke to that I really resonate with, the re- another reason I created this school is because it used to be like a six week, eight week journey. And it felt so fast paced and intense. And I used to be like that. And part of me is still like that. But I wanted to create something sustainable for people's growth to be, yeah, sustainable in your path
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, to kind of break up with this intensity of learning and of healing. And I would love to offer all of your listeners a special discount of Mm -hmm. 15% off with the code. I'm going to make it up now. (laughs) I love you um <laughs> venus awakening <laughs> <laughs> venus awakening yeah we'll go with that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so again yeah, they can they can find me through my page my instagram which i know you'll put the links below mm-hmm. um and it's it's depending on the level it's via application um or they can just reach out to me and then the second offering is and I don't know what will happen in the time between releasing this and me speaking this and us releasing this, but I have one space left in my UK-England retreat, Awaken to Pleasure. And this is really based on uh, my love of the erotic and of pleasure and of sexual awakening. So it's really an initiation of sexual awakening and, um, rooted in a lot of the sensory rituals that we just spoke about also my training in tantra taoism neo-tantra um and it's really in the name awaken to pleasure and there's one spot left um it happens in july the 28th until the 3rd of august in england and if you are interested in that
0: spot then you can reach out to me Hmm beautiful babe oh it just sounds so lush all of it and thank you for offering the community that discount I love that Mm. and we're all so grateful and so appreciative (laughs) anyone who does decide to continue with Melissa you are just so blessed and I yeah Mm. I can just feel and I know the listeners can feel the integrity and devotion and love and truth that you walk this path with and I just want to really acknowledge you for that and see you in that and thank you so much for what you've created both in this world in your own personal life and what you're able to share here with the listeners it's it's like you said it was when you when when you came to that point in your journey where you were like it I don't know exactly the words you used but it would be a disservice to not pass on this wisdom and information to others when it's something that's helped you heal in such profound ways. So it's really Mm -hmm. beautiful and I'm really excited for everyone that gets to experience your work and all the beautiful listeners here. Thank you all so, so much for being here. Um, All of those links, like I said, um, or like Melissa mentioned as well, will be in the show notes. So all the ways you can access Um, the work and find melissa's instagram with so much beautiful juicy content and value and my love it was such an honor to have you here thank you Mm. so 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 much for your presence and your service Mm, all right my love thank you so much for spending your time with me here today If this episode served you, I invite you to share it with a friend, share it with a sister, a loved one, someone that you feel could receive medicine from this episode as well. If you share this episode to your story, to your socials, please tag me at I am Gina Francis and the Rebel Rose Radio Instagram at Rebel Rose Radio so that I can see, so that I can connect with you and love on you. And my DMs are always open for you to share your messages, your feedback, and what you've been loving about the podcast. It would be such a gift if you could subscribe, rate, give a five-star rating, and review the podcast so more beautiful humans around the world can receive the magic of Rebel Rose Radio. Again, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be here with you today, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you so soon. So much love.